Let, yeah, let's let's think. Let's just put it somewhere in the ether, and we'll come back to it and and stop telling everyone that we're like idiots. Ah, get off my balcony! You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit, the show where three guys get together and deliver verdicts on a variety of topics. I'm here today uh, with two of my good friends. My name is Crofton Steers, and my two friends are Bo Schwartz. Say hi, Bo. Hello. How's it going? It is going very well. Yourself? Uh, Not too bad. Just trying to keep positive mental attitudes. So, uh, go me. Yeah, pulling a Mike Hodgins there from last week. Speaking of which, Michael Hodgins. Hey, yeah, that's a very energetic Bo on the other end of the line. He must have just smoked two cigarettes and had a coffee, and he's like... Buzzed on various uppers. Actually, I just started drinking a Monster Assault drink. Um, <laughs> oh, God. It's the second. It's the second half of a drink I started yesterday. Those are like the ones. Too much. Those are like the ones that have like medicinal ingredients that are like do not consume more than one a day, which yeah. is bad on a drink. It's like. an odd. Sh- it's an odd shade of pink red. The juice. Yeah, that's dye. <laughs> I also like Sweet. the branding. It's like monster assault. You know, like yeah. I assault. feel like it's like a like a like some. It's promoting crime. Like the word assault just you know. It's like you drink like this it, and batter yeah. somebody. In the no, next but it 10 is, minutes. and you always see those things in next to like uh, UFC promo things in like uh you know convenience stores and stuff it goes hand to hand with battering people so you're right the so. um the i find that if regular listeners who have not met us and i'm not sure if any of our regular listeners have not met us um would get a good impression of what our lifestyle are by these little drips of information now you know bo uh, aside from being a sensitive lover, also enjoys the occasional rock star assault drink. Yeah, monster assault. I don't do. Sorry, monster. my bad. Yeah, and coffee. Yeah, yeah. I drink lots of coffee. The occasional monster assault, and a pack of cigarettes a day. That's the worst one. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't drink those, but yes. Speaking of that stuff, you should. You know, uh, we, we we recently I've decided to get off coffee for a bit, and by coffee I mean caffeine because I'm drinking kind of decaf, so. Uh, it's not the coffee I want to nix, it's the caffeine. <clears throat> so I'm doing a bit of a cleanse, or as you'd say, Bo, a cleanse. Uh, Why are you uh, cleansing caffeine? Because um, I'm clen- I'm trying to get cl- caffeine out of my system. It's a travesty. No, it, well, yeah, I mean, I like caffeine, to be honest, but okay. I think it's just a bit too much. I saw this documentary about how boredom uh, uh, releases cortisol in your body, and I have a very boring job, and then I was like, well, surely coffee must... Lower your cortisol level because I feel less bored when I drink coffee. And then I read that caffeine spikes your cortisol level, and I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna die because cortisol is like the stress and cancer hormone and stuff. So I figured I should give it a break for a while. So I'm trying to get off the caffeine and see how that goes. But uh, I'll definitely be back. Really, boredom gives you cancer. No, boredom spikes your cortisol levels, and high cortisone levels are related to things like heart disease, and it's a stress hormone. Stress is bad for your health. So, Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you quit caffeine once before? Yeah, I've quit caffeine. I go on and off pretty often. It's like a periodic cleansing, which I know you guys are morally opposed to. Why but didn't you just stay off it? Uh, because I like it. And, <laughs> and why and do you go off it? Uh, I go off it because he said also, he wants to eat healthy. I mean, I'm kind of no, concerned no. about being bored. It's not even that. Yeah, yeah, Bo, you would suffer from this too. And the drinking of coffee and stuff, your body's coursing with cortisol. It's probably horrible. No! But uh, 
But also, uh, here's the other thing: is that I love getting back on caffeine is amazing because it's like when you um, when you first drink coffee after you haven't had caffeine for a while, you're like really buzzing on it and it's great. But after you drink coffee all the time, then you're just addicted to it and you just need to get back to like, oh, I got to get through the day. And I don't want, I'm like, I'm tired of that. So I'm going to go up for a while, but I'll, I'll be back. You hear that, all you drug addicts out there? To get the best buzz possible, get off it and then get back on. You're on caffeine too, so don't, uh, don't oh, go no, no, throwing I'm just, rocks in your glass house. <laughs> I'm not throwing rocks. I just didn't quit it. That's all. No, I know. And uh, yeah, no, hey, look, I went a long time without quitting. <laughs> it was been a few years since I didn't have regular caffeine. Well, it'll but, be interesting to see how this experiment goes. It'd be funny if every podcast you got increasingly bitter and ended up. Uh, it's, I'm already, and, and the thing is, the dumb people, I shouldn't say <laughs> this was like my dad who quit like coffee, uh, cigarettes, and alcohol all at the same time, cold turkey. <laughs> it's not, I mean, good for him. But like that's the worst way to do it in a way. Like I weaned off coffee. I went to like half decaf for a while and then kind of like reduced that a bit. And now I'm on full decaf coffee. So my brain still thinks I'm getting it, but really there's no caffeine in it. It was not too bad. I've had, I've done cold turkey before. It's way worse. It, it, like the placebo effect works? Because like whenever I drink decaf, like I know something's afoot, you know? I, no, I know. You, you do sort of like I felt I had like kind of a headache yesterday and stuff like that. But whatever. It's, but it's way worse when you go cold turkey for sure. Yeah, um, I would think so. It's funny that we're talking about this because I had this idea. Because, um, you know, I'm always trying to find interesting projects to do. And this thought occurred to me. It's like, what if I somehow found a way to try every drug, uh, every popular recreational drug in existence for like a week and document it on camera and make a TV show out of it and then, you know, clean myself so I get to try cocaine and I get to try heroin and, I don't know, meth. Um, you know, we do beer and weed too. Like I just kind of had this brainstorm about going on a drug and then getting off of it and maybe even paying some people to you know, physically remove me and, I don't know, incarcerate me for the duration to get clean or something after a week. Uh, and I like, feel like that's a, that's a, it's a, it's an interesting concept, but it's a, it's a dangerous path you'd be going down there. I know. So like, that's why people might pay lots of money to see, um, I don't know. You, so. ru- you ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> on the season finale, Bo gets addicted to her heroin, spoiler alert. And on the season premiere of Intervention, Bo Schwartz is the guest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be the deal, though. Like, I'd get some lawyers and get some people to, like, throw me in some place where, you know, like, I'd be forced off of it. And be. Re- I'd make a video for myself once I got clean reminding me that I did this for the sake of science and television. And, you know, anyways, it's just an idea that is literally thought about an hour before and somehow this subject matter seems to dovetail with my idea. I guess I could do caffeine, too. All right. um, We should probably move on with the show. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, yeah, we should. Uh, I like how you're going to go on. Your ideas go on more drugs instead of trying to go off the drugs (laughs) that you're currently addicted to. Well, I'll give you my thoughts on drugs if we ever get to the drug episode. Yeah, I have I have thoughts on drugs too. But yeah, we'll keep it for uh for an drugs are bad, okay? Here, uh, so if we're on that, shall I start up the old random topic generator? Yeah, go go ahead and give her a heave ho. I'll give it a yank. (laughs) Wow. It might need some bit of oil somewhere. Oh, man. But, uh, huh. oh, this is this interesting political debates. Political debates. Okay. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's the ask. You know, when there's a political campaign going on, and the leaders of whatever party or local candidates debate each other over the topics. Pretty simple, right? 
It, it is like in, in concept. It's not one where we're going to spend a zillion years trying to determine what it means. Well, so, don't, don't. Yeah. So do, we're not talking about politicians. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about televised political debates. Well, they don't even need to be televised. They okay. just need to be a political. Because you can go to local ones. You don't need, they don't need to watch. But yeah, same thing. Two champions of people sparring for their affection. Um, or two or more. I sorry, I was thinking of American politics. In Canadian politics, it's usually a uh, you know whole gang, a posse of politicians. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because we have different political systems with more parties that come in and out of the fray, rather than the U.S. two party system. Though there were times. Remember what's his name? That rich guy from Texas who had all the graphs and charts. They, Bob were, Bob Dole. No, Bob. Dole oh, Ross Perot. Ross Perot, yeah, there was like I think they had some three-way debates back when he had like a billion dollars to get into it, but um, but yeah, it's always criticized in the states because they can't get uh, what's his name Ralph Nader can never get in the debates, and they're like, oh, it's, you know. So I mean, I think if you're gonna have debates, you should let you know many of the candidates in. But the U.S. predominantly has a two-party system, and we have like a five to ten-party system <laughs> depending on where well, you are. Aren't there like a ton of parties that no one's ever heard of, like the marijuana party and stuff like that? Yeah, but I've heard of the marijuana yeah, party. But they never did. <laughs> and I saw I saw a representative of the marijuana party in a debate actually at a local place. He was uh he was a beat poet and quite good on the mic. I was like, this guy's all right. Well, was he like well, rapping his political views? No, he was just super um he was just super passionate and made me feel like, yeah, all these other politicians are full of bullshit, but he's got the real deal. But really all he wants to do is legalize marijuana i guess <laughs> and, and i think i think you're touching on something right off that is that leaves people a bit leery about um about debates is in political debates is the idea that maybe um the le- less qualified but more charismatic individual may win and like everybody points to the the kennedy nixon nixon debate and i'm not n- saying that nixon Nixon should have won, but how all the polls had Nixon up, how the radio listeners thought Nixon won, but the television uh, viewers were all behind Kennedy based on, you know, based mostly on his appearance in in this case, but also like oratory skills. When you look at Barack Obama, even as much as we like to mock George W. Bush's oratory skills, his, his style, his folksy style is what, you know, hid in many ways, like maybe a lack of policy. So that's a criticism that debates have is that they sort of, they take away, uh, they focus too much on the personality and not enough on the yeah, policy. Well, well, that's, yeah. well, as I say, debates are are part of the pageantry of political elections. Like they're well, it's and it's also interesting that we, you first mentioned the Nixon Kennedy debate as the that was also the first televised deba- debate, I believe. Um, and and at that time, you know, I think I think politicians it's evolved a lot since then. And you're right that oratory skills and all that kind of. Um, can do very well for a candidate, but I also think that as people become more media savvy and understanding the medium of television and how to work with it and how to work with the messages, that I feel like thinking about Canada, our current leader who has been elected prime minister three times and last time a majority, very, uh, I would say, not charismatic at all. I mean, obviously I'm biased because I dislike Stephen Harper, but I mean, his style of debate is to not really engage with anything. It's to just stick to message. And so the debate becomes not a debate. It becomes a series of stating of policy messages that are done up by communication strategists and things like this. And you just repeat the message. And it's very frustrating to watch those types of debates where people don't 
don't actually debate each other, don't actually engage intellectually. All they do is kind of say one thing to retort and then restate their message. And boring. So it's so boring and like ruining the the whole concept of a debate. I think yeah. going more that way in my opinion. because like debate is a is a. There's this weird thing about political figures because as you talked about, there's a lot of this. Uh, you know, I think that's Canadian politics as well. Um, they're they're on message, but really, what you want to see is the the stuff the man is made of, or the woman. Uh, I guess I should avoid being sexist, although you mainly see men in these this at the highest levels of political debate on television. Um, that hey, you're forgetting Hillary Clinton. Times are well. That's yeah, though. no, that's what I mean. You know, I, I'm just uh, going to try and watch what I say from here on out. But um, I think that people, you know, and there's probably really good reasons for this in the climate that we live in is they don't expose any vulnerability. Like when I'm watching a debate, I'm and, and this is bad, maybe, but I'm looking to be entertained. These people are deciding the future of my country. And, and I just want to see somebody who is passionate or who exposes vulnerabilities, who's funny. I mean, one of the last debate I probably watched was a Canadian one, I think. I don't think I watched any of the Barack Obama, Mitt Romney stuff. I don't think I was that interested. But I, I remember um, Gilles Duceppe being awesome. <laughs> and I would never vote for his party. So I guess that maybe, you know, being entertaining is not effective. But um, I just thought I got the most out of that person's character, and I just really sort of enjoyed watching that person. And that's why I say pageantry is that there's the salesmanship that goes along with it um, that, you know, I think the consequence of it is that they have to be on message because we live in such a hypersensitive information age that any sort of sniff of wrongdoing is seen as some critical error in obtaining the end goal, which would be, you know, uh, to successfully lead the country or something. It, it's true, and I just want to touch briefly that you mentioned Gilles Duceppe, and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know who Gilles Duceppe was, he was the charismatic leader of the Bloc Québécois, the Federal Separatist Party from Quebec, yeah. uh, and I also thought that he was amazing. I loved, I loved all, of his, uh, uh, all of his stuff, but um, all, all of what I wanted to say was that what I think part of, part of what he – he did was just he talked no bullshit like i feel like he's charismatic but he was just also uh he just would cut right to the chase like he would say stuff to the other leaders that you're like wow i can't believe he said that because he's just telling like he's telling exactly how he sees it because he in the canadian politics is not going to get elected the prime minister he's just there to stir stuff up so he doesn't have to suffer from the same things that they suffer from so he's the only real person you see and that's why he seems so amazing yeah and, and yeah. maybe he also just the people he represents you know would want him to be vocal and to stick it to the you know to the man in in that case like just the climate of quebec and, and francophones you know? um yeah what i was going to say there before <laughs> po jumped in is is that uh i th- i think that that yeah Gilles Duceppe is a good is a good example of someone who has nothing to lose and the talking points thing is is a good thing to raise because people do stick to their talking points stephen harper sticks to his talking points more than others because he is in the lead uh and it's chase it's chase the leader when it comes to come to uh elections in the states when they just have two people it it can be a little different because they want to have their cake and they want to eat it too so they want to stick to their talking points but they but they also want 
to get a knockout punch. This is the famous knockout punch of debates, right? Where, where uh, oh, you know, this is the moment, the deciding moment. Uh, Ryan Mulroney in Canada had one against John Turner. Uh, uh, um, the um, Bill Clinton had one against George W. Uh, George Senior. Uh, and and uh, I so they want that they all they're all looking for their knockout punch, especially the opposition leaders in Canada in political debates. But they um, at the same time they uh, while they're looking for the knockout punch, they want to stick to their talking points. They don't want to be pushed off it. So there's a lot of like staged pageantry with regards to po- political debates, and it makes me think that that. Uh, that they're very frustrating to watch. But at the same time, does that mean political debates are useless? Does that mean we would be better off without them? Well, I, I mean, I think we're better off with them, but I think that the way that the, the, what, like the, what we're discussing about the problems with political debates, debates right now are almost making them useless. Like I don't need to rehear the messages that I'm hearing in their other forms of advertising. Like what I'm interested in debate, and I love debating. I mean, arguably this whole show that we're doing is sort of a debate show um, is I like hearing exchange of ideas on the fly, people hearing what someone else is saying, responding to it, uh, giving an intelligent retort and making, you know, bringing an issue alive through different points of view, and different ideas. That's what I love about something like a debate. And like less and less do I see that in especially federal level politics. Now, I a year or two ago, I went to a local debate. It was federal politics, but it was local candidates, and they just went to some, uh, I don't know, local hall, and they had a debate for the riding. <clears throat> and it was way more uh, impassioned and real feeling than the federal ones because they don't have the machine of communication strategists behind them making them seem like plastic robots. Um, and... You know, and it's funny because I think that politicians struggle with this too. Um, Jack Layton was who did very well in the last election. Uh, R.I.P. Mr. Layton. Um, but before that, he was criticized for being too like he would smile in this kind of like robotic way, and he would say these message points, and people I think wanted to, to see you know the, the the real guy, and he think he got that a little bit towards the end. He seemed more like he was being himself instead of being on message. So you know. I like the real thing. I want to hear people engage, not repeat messages. Like, but you think you think that a political debate is uh, is a necessary part of sort of dem- dem- democracy. Like, we couldn't if it was just if it was just sort of candidates submitted their names, they put out you know policy platforms or what have you, and and each one represented something, uh, and then you went in to vote. Based on based on their policy, and and nobody is sort of hammering each other on their their policies and making compare comparisons and contrast uh, contrasting them. Do you think Do you think that that would be a viable system? Well, like, I think I think it was the system for a very long time before we had mass communication, um, and people did. It was more like pamphlets. Like a lot of times, they'd say like you candidates, you would never know what they looked like. Um, unless they ha- you happen to be near the rail line where they were doing their like cross country, you know, tour of speeches or whatever. Uh, so I feel like that's what democracy looked like for the longest time, and it worked because it's still even if you're putting it on paper, it's counterpoints of ideas. I think what's what's because I like the idea of spectacle and and this kind of debate, but I think that when it just amounts to a repetition of your platform statement, 
then it is basically pointless. Um, I think that any healthy democracy has uh, a, a real exchange of ideas and, um, and, and really engages in that. And I think, I think we're losing that in general. Uh, over just like solid policies, you, you know, and that's it. And no one ever kind of you lose the grays and the and the real the reality of issues are not black and white, and they stick to points because uh, those are more salient with voters. Bo, do you have anything to add on that? What's your opinion? Um, yeah, well, so I've been sort of cycling through my thoughts on it. I'm <laughs> I'm ready to turn in a verdict. <laughs> so I don't have much more to add. My exposure is very limited. Um, I believe I believe in debate. I like debate. I think the show we debate. So, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, debating itself is fine. I think Mike's point's well taken that, uh, you know, if you go in and see a good debate, you'll know it, enjoy it, and appreciate what you've participated or viewed in. Um, my, uh, you know, and also I'm somewhat of a miscreant in the sense that uh, I could not be fussed about political stuff. You know, that's probably bad if I want to have a strong opinion on government or how things go. I'm, um, you know, that's, uh, it's probably not, a, you know, I can't just lay it all at the feet of, of politics and whatever. Um, I share some responsibility in this. So my limited exposure is essentially uh, what I see on television. <laughs> so, and what I see on television is exactly that, a bunch of boring crap. And like a lot of people these days, I'm looking for the uh, the capturable moments that are going to get repeated in memes and in YouTube and stuff like that. Like I could really not be fussed. Yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying, and and uh, um, the thing is, I do. I honestly, I watch a lot of the debates, both in Canada and the states. For some reason, I feel like I, even though they often end up being boring, I feel I don't necessarily feel a moral imperative to watch them. In so much as I have an actual interest, for the most part, in seeing how people are going to do, I'm I'm one of those people that are looking for that, you know, that fancy knockout punch. I do find it interesting uh, these days how debates are almost never the same format. Um, they'll they'll change moderators, they'll change everything. But it seems like every year, every election cycle in Canada, they pretty much have a new debate format, and they're always criticizing the last one with the idea that they recognize that something's not working, that they're not, you know, they're not getting that exchange of ideas that they want, and that they feel that, oh, you know what the problem is? It's the debate system or the, the way it's set up. So when, when in fact, I think in many cases, it's the people participating in the debate. It's, uh, it's interesting. You, you, you mentioned about the format and the moderator, and those are kind of interesting aspects of the political debate where sometimes a debate um, will, to, in my mind, fail because of a horrible moderator, uh, where, where it's like the idea, like if you have one stronger person, stronger willed sort of candidate who just doesn't mind, uh, you know, running on and on and on and talking over everyone, um, that can kind of be uh, frustrating and kind of weaken the whole thing. But a really good moderator will always rein that person in. And I've seen debates with really strong moderators who ask really pointed questions and really shut people down when it's time to move on. And other ones that just get walked all over by the candidates. And I find those are the most frustrating ones. So it is interesting that the format, I think it is important because if you just had two people standing there, you know, yelling at each other uh, without, without a degree of direction and organization provided by a moderator, it probably doesn't work as well, I don't think. Yeah, let's let let's uh, let's close our arguments here with a, a set of three verdicts. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Uh, the 
Yeah, I think it's your turn. I debate that it's your turn. The deafening silence. Um, Okay, so here's the thing is that that when when you're using the word bullshit in in everyday life, there's a good chance that you're talking about politicians, okay? Because they are one of those those professions, if you will, that people are are often complaining about. And and, and when you think about the debates that you watch on TV, the term bullshit definitely applies – to a lot of them and seeing the content being spewed back and forth. But the reality though is that it, it's a, it's a value added to your decision making process. Even, even though the majority of people who watch debates and this is, this is proven have already made up their minds uh, and they're looking for the all important swing voters come debate time. It, it, it still is interesting to, to put a face on, on both positions and to listen uh, to people uh, Voice their voice their positions and to hear where they're coming from. Just like I enjoy talking to you guys, it, is it perfect? No. Is it even good? Arguable. But I I'm going to fall on the good side of things and say that political debates in general, the concept of them, are good. Huh. Inter- uh, yeah, it's funny because um, I was definitely going to say bullshit. <laughs> on it but but don't don't get the cow out of the stable yet because as you're talking Crawford, i think you convinced me and then but more so you made me remind myself of earlier in this podcast where i was talking about how much i like the idea of debate and exchange of ideas and i was like oh i had to i think i was soured by thinking about recent debates i have witnessed where i have been infuriated in canada <laughs> at the way our our debate systems have gone but in but as a tool of democracy and of political discourse i think that debating is definitely good but i but i do think politicians are bullshit but maybe we can get to that another time (laughs) yeah i think i think it's very specific uh um it's a very specific sort of topic in that we're talking about actual political debates Uh, it also just occurred to me while you guys were delivering your verdicts that probably most of the debates I've watched were very short clips uh, featured on the Daily Show or the Colbert Report. Um, so, you know, I got to say that uh, I'm not an informed person when it comes to this kind of stuff. I realize that I should be, but I just it's just it's just really boring to me. Um, I'm just going to have to go ahead and, and say that they're bullshit. And I think that they're bullshit. It's mainly a personal judgment on the fact that um, they've, as a as a medium, as a tool, as a way to engage the public, because we are deciding the future course of our country. Um, it has not been su- successful in, in ever engaging me, other than for the for the laughs. So um, I am Stefan Dion, and I am the architect of the success. And that's that's it. No, I think that's a good uh, a good way to to do it. Whenever we lay out our verdicts, there's always the sense of what you think on the abstract level and what you feel in the in your gut on the personal level, right? And yeah. and I, I I definitely know that for for some of the topics that we've gone through, you know, even though I'm not not fully well versed in, in in a lot of them, if I if I have a strong gut reaction, you know, you got you've You've got to go with that. Even though I disagree, I appreciate where you're coming from. Yeah, I just, you know, the, just yeah, boring. <laughs> Any closing thoughts, guys, before we hit the mailbag? Well, I find it, Bo's going on about how boring he finds this stuff, but I actually seldom do find it boring. I usually find it interesting. Um, I don't know why, but I find most 
issues related to how our country runs or how our democracy functions, I generally find interesting, and I rarely find political debates boring, even though I may find them infuriating. <laughs> those are for different. Those are for different reasons. I, w- so, I, w- I will say that I enjoy them more when I'm with a well-informed viewer. Because then well, they, like they provide that. a lot of context around what's going on. <laughs> no, and, and I find that's a good thing to do. Like, Crofton, what, you came over to my place one a couple of years ago when I was living over in Hindenburg, and we had, like, a couple of people were watching debate. It's good. It's good. It's a good thing to do, get together with some people, watch a yeah. debate, you know, throw around your ideas a bit. I think it's good. And I find that uh, social media is amplifying that a lot, and everybody – there are so many, like, you know, hashtags on Twitter going around now for – for doing different things or somebody puts out a one liner in the debate and then everybody's, it turns into a hashtag on Twitter, you know, like uh, I'm not, not saying that that's a good thing, but there is a social element. It is sort of a live, a live event that involves sort of, I'm a political junkie. So I like that stuff uh, and I'm interested, but I definitely understand why other people would find it boring. You know, like it's, it's, I, I just have an interest in that sort of thing. So, um, so, guys, uh, let's take a, a quick look into the mailbag. Bo, we haven't got mail forever. Are we going to get mail this time? No, nope, we don't have any mail this week. Uh, you know, our listeners are letting us down, but uh, we still <laughs> love you anyways. Um, you can email us at goodbadbs at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments. Uh, you know, did we uh, do political debates justice? Maybe you feel strongly about the subject. Uh, write us and uh, we'll read your uh, email on the air. If we stop getting emails like all together or, or messaging, I'm going to have to institute a new segment where I invent emails and read them. Although they'll probably all be Crofton fan the, the, mail. The problem with that is it's going to require homework for you, Crofton. So you know, <laughs> the, the net effect will pretty much be the same. So Crofton, what's your word of the week? And you're like, uh, bacon. And, and then I'm going to be like, nope, you used that last week. You have to come up with a new one. So. Let's let's face it. I'll, I'll make them up on the spot anyway. I still well. Do. That's if we do word of the week. I think probably we want to set the bar a little higher. It, this isn't Pee Wee's Playhouse after all. I hear that. Okay. Uh, you can reach me at Crofton Steers on Twitter. My colleagues are also reachable in various means. Bo, uh, how can people reach you? Uh, well, you can reach out to me and touch somebody at Bo Schwartz. Michael, is there any possible way in which we would be able to reach you? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I think my Twitter thing's on the website. What? I think on the website instead. Wow. I didn't put it there, but Bo did, and I'm tired of coming up with reasons to say don't Twitter. I, I <laughs> my lame comments. Yeah, I know, but I'm running out of them. And, uh, yeah, I know. I guess I guess it's getting hard. You guys aren't doing a good job setting me up for. Damn it! I thought I did that, Tom. I was no. really like. Well, my brain was not working very well. Oh, maybe not. Uh, so Bo told you about the email address well I guess that's it folks alright uh, uh, yeah. let's, let's wrap her up I'll talk to you guys next time see you guys next time see you in the next one alright later, later.